Let's turn to the book of Hosea, chapter 4. Hosea, chapter 4. Let's read from the first verse. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you've given us your word. Thank you that your word is truth. Thank you that your word is alive. Father, I pray this morning that you would speak to each one of us this morning, that at the end of this meeting this morning, each one of us here would be closer to you. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. In these verses, we read um, that God has brought a charge against the inhabitants of the land. God has brought a charge, or he has a problem with the people of the land. And what is the problem that he is talking about? That there is no truth, there is no grace, there is no mercy, and there is no knowledge of God. And in the next verse, we see the things that are happening in the land, that by that we can show that there is no truth, mercy, or knowledge of God in the land. It says that the land is full of swearing and lying and, and denial of God and who he is. The land is full of killing and stealing, full of adultery. They break all restraint, and the Lord is bringing a charge against the inhabitants of the land because of these things. This morning, Pastor Danny wants to share with us about the grace and the truth of God. In the Word of God, we see a lot of times that we see grace and truth follow together. Let's start to try and understand, to define what is the meaning, the true meaning of the word grace. Grace is a lot of goodness that you would do to somebody. It's charity. It's love, kindness, generosity, mercy, forgiveness, favor, and beauty. Usually it comes from somebody who is above you that maybe has authority over you. But also we see that grace also has a part with the judgment. And usually this comes from a a judge, and Danny will explain that to us soon. Pastor Danny's going to keep explaining. So if you come to the courthouse and you're guilty of trespassing or a crime, according to the law, your, your punishment should be so much and so much. But the judge goes to you in forgiveness and comes to you in an area of forgiveness, and he makes your punishment lighter. This is called grace. So in the verses that we read, we see that God says there is no grace in the land. People do not do good deeds. People are against each other, one against each other. And he keeps going on also with the word truth, grace and truth. So let's define what truth means. It's not so difficult to know what truth means. Truth is the thing, the right thing to do. And it's in Hebrew, it also goes along with loyalty and with faith. So a person who walks in truth will do the right thing. He will walk in truth, in faith, and in loyalty. Let's turn to Exodus, Exodus chapter 34, Exodus 34. A few chapters before this, we see the golden calf. And as you know, Moses came down from Mount Sinai. He saw the golden calf. He had the Ten Commandments in his hand, and he broke them. In chapter 34 of Exodus, God calls Moses to go up again to the mountain, and he will give him new commandments. So he goes up the mountain, the beginning of chapter 34. In verse 5, we read, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. 
and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him. Let's stop for a moment and try to imagine this scene. The glory of the Lord is found in a cloud on the mountain, and God passes before him. And when Moses experiences this cloud, look what he says. And he proclaims, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness or chesed, grace, and truth. When Moses saw or experienced the, the presence of the Lord, what he could say, what, he, what could come forth from his mouth, he could say, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in grace and truth. Grace and truth is just one little part of who God is. We need to Know God as a God of grace and truth. In Psalms 25, verse 10, you can just make a note of it. It says, all the paths or all the ways of the Lord, they are mercy and truth or grace and truth. So we're going to go to Psalms 89. Psalms 89. Psalms 89, verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. The righteousness and the justice are the foundations of his throne. I'm happy that the God, the God that we know, the God that we serve, is a God of righteousness and justice. But thanks be to God, not just this. But it says here, it says here, mercy and truth or grace and truth would go before his face. There is the righteousness, there is the justice, but before God, there is grace and truth. I want to tell you this morning, if it wasn't like this, none of us would be sitting here this morning. And we'll see this as we continue on. In Psalms 108, verse 4, you can just make a note if you want. It says, for your mercy is great above the heavens and your truth reaches to the clouds for your grace is great above the heavens and your truth reaches to the clouds sometimes they translate grace that is in hebrew chesed as mercy but it's really grace so what is the true meaning of grace and truth so danny has checked in different places about the meaning so the first thing the going the going together of grace and truth so it is an act of grace that happens on the part of true love so that there is no thought for any reward or gain. This sounds good. So God does you a good thing without asking or wanting anything in return. There's another description that would say that it says grace would be an act of two different parts. That the, the promise itself is grace. So if somebody says to you that they'll do you good, somebody says that they'll do you good, that's already grace because he doesn't have to do anything for you. But truth, truth is when he does what he promised he would do. So people can promise you many things. How many of you here, people have promised things to you and they have not fulfilled it? Is there anybody here like that, that has, that has happened to them? So Pastor Danny says he knows a lot of people here that in their wedding vows, they're husband-to-be promised a lot of things and it didn't happen 
at some stage in their married life, they went away from that. So the third point is that grace is an act that goes on and on, and it continues. It's full of loyalty, and it continues for a long time. So it's something that is not just a one time, but it's something that goes on and on and continues. And the fourth thing is that a grace that comes and that there are conditions attached to it, it limits the grace, and it makes sure that grace is not hurt through the truth. I hope that you have understood these things. But I want to show you this morning, through the Word of God, another truth to these foundational things. Let's go to Psalms 85. Psalms 85, verse 10. Grace and truth have met together. So Pastor Danny says he doesn't know how it is in your own Bibles, but it's almost as if two personalities have come together and have met together. There's grace, and then there's truth, and they come together and they meet in the middle. Righteousness and peace have kissed. So we have a very interesting meeting here between the grace, between the truth, between righteousness, and between peace. Everybody's meeting together. And what happens out of that? Out of that comes something wonderful. Verse 11, truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. The truth shall spring up out of the earth, and righteousness will look down from heaven. So let's turn into the new covenant, and let's see what John has understood from these. We're going to turn to John chapter 8. Sorry, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. In the new covenant, John chapter 1. We're reading from verse 16. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Yeshua the Messiah. The law was given through Moses, but the grace and the truth came through Messiah Yeshua. So now I want to show you this through an example of a story. So you see it through the example of a story from the Torah that Moses was given, the law that was Moses was given, and the grace and truth that came through Yeshua. So now we turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we see that Yeshua is on the Mount of Olives. So he comes up to the temple early in the morning, and there's many people gathering around. And at the same time that he's there teaching the people, we read from verse 3. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? So here we see that we have scribes and Pharisees. They are like the representatives of God to the people. And they bring before Yeshua a lady who was truly caught in the act of adultery. Yeshua is aware of this, and Yeshua knows that according to the Torah, the law, that this woman should be stoned. And so they come to Yeshua wanting to test him and try him. But we see in verse 6 that Yeshua, in the middle of verse 6, he says that Yeshua stooped down and he wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. Yeshua wrote something on the ground. 
I don't believe that there's anybody here that knows exactly what Yeshua wrote. But we could imagine. Some people think that he wrote many different scripture verses down. I think that maybe Yeshua wrote, where is the man? According to law, it says that they should stone both of them. What, you brought only her? Okay, this is not the point. This is just what Danny thinks possibly he might have written. But they're waiting. They're waiting in anticipation of what Yeshua, what kind of answer Yeshua is going to give. They're expecting something from him. So he says in verse 7, He who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone at her. What an answer. And the same people that they came to Yeshua, they came in anger and they were trying to try him. It says that when they heard this, they were convicted by their conscience. They went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Yeshua was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. Everyone left. And Yeshua is left there by himself with the woman. Verse 10. Yeshua got up and he said to the woman, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? She says to him, No one, Lord. And Yeshua says to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. This is truly what you call grace and truth. She was guilty? Yes, she was. Did she deserve punishment? Yes. But grace and truth were the ways of Yeshua. But I want to tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, if we do not take this reality, this lifestyle of grace and truth of Yeshua into our own lives, that grace and truth would come forth in our own life. If we do not take this into our own lives, we will miss one of the biggest things that Yeshua has from his life. It's so easy for us to judge the people. It's so easy for us to say, oh, he's guilty. We need to do this and this and this. We will never understand the true love that God has for a person if grace and truth are not part of our lives. Pastor Danny got to the idea and the conclusion in his life that there are two types of people in the world. There are those people that would want God to be just a God of mercy or grace. And then there are those that want God to just be a God of truth. There are some people that want God to be or like this or like this. God is a God of love. He doesn't hate. He's not going to judge us. He doesn't judge us according to our sins. He doesn't pay attention to our sins. They're just mistakes. Everybody is okay. Buddha, Muhammad, Yeshua, we're all in harmony. And there are many people in the world that know a God, the the God like this. They don't want to receive the truth that God is a God who also judge. And then on the other hand, there's the other type of people. We have to destroy them. We need to throw them into jail and throw away the key. They hurt me. God will judge them because they deserve it. The people that grace and mercy are only just right in front of their eyes. But when these two come together, then there is a perfect balance. And this is exactly what Yeshua has done. Grace and truth came through Messiah Yeshua. So I want to give you an example from Ezekiel chapter 13. It's important that you see this through the word of God and not just what Pastor Danny would say. 
Ezekiel chapter 13, verses 16. This is concerning the first group of people. The prophets of Israel, they prophesy concerning Jerusalem, who see visions of peace for her when there is no peace, says the Lord God. The people are living in sin. They are fornicating in the temple. The people, the prophets say that judgment is coming, but false prophets arise and say, no, 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 everything is okay. God is with us. He will not judge us. And God calls these people false prophets. So now we see in Luke chapter 9, this is the second group of people. Luke chapter 9. This is why Yeshua needed to be with the disciples and with the people for a few years in order to teach them. Luke chapter 9. Yeshua is on his way to Jerusalem. And on the way, he stops in a village of the Samaritans. Verse 53, it says, They did not receive him because his face was set to go to the journey to Jerusalem. So the disciples, they see the Samaritan village, and they say, oh, like we're doing them a favor that we came to them. So you know that during biblical times, the connection and the relationship between the Samaritans and the Jews was not very good. And Yeshua knew this. They do not want to receive Yeshua because he's on his way to Jerusalem. And the disciples... Verse 54, let's read it. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? This is a normal, typical Israeli reaction. We don't agree with you. If it's not according to your way, then let's, let's counterattack them. And listen to the pride that's in their voices. Yeshua, do you want us to command? Lord, you would just look. We would do the work. They thought they were on the same level of Elijah the prophet calling down fire from heaven. They didn't receive you. Let's make justice here. This is the proper thing to do. Somebody who doesn't receive you, Yeshua, let's just burn them. And Yeshua turns to them. And he rebukes them. Verse 55. He says, you do not know what manner of spirit you are. Ah, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Yeshua came with grace and truth. He doesn't force anybody. He doesn't try with all of his power to, to force somebody you don't want. I continue and I go on. But he came to save the people. He came to bring the truth and the grace to them. Let's turn to Psalms chapter 26, and we will see a scripture verse that's very, very important. Psalms 26. This is a prayer of David. Let's read from the very first verse. Vindicate me, O Lord, or judge me, O Lord. Who has the courage to pray a prayer like that? Father, judge me. For I have walked in my integrity. I have also trusted in the Lord. I shall not slip. Verse 2, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind or my insides and my heart. Pay attention to how dangerous this prayer is, that God would help us. He says to here, to arrive to the place where you could say, God, judge me, try me, examine me, try me. In order to come to this type of level of prayer, verse 3, 
for your grace is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth. You have to know the grace and the truth of God. This is what allowed David to pray such a radical prayer like this. David can say, I know your grace. I know that you're a God of mercy. And as long as I walk in your ways and that your grace is before my eyes, I know that you will judge me properly. You will examine me properly. You will try me properly. When we say, God, judge me, remember always to add the next things as well. Judge me with mercy. Judge me with grace. Because if he judges us with justice, every one of us would not be able to stand here. But we know that as Moses stood before the Lord, he could also say that, God, you are a, a God of long mercy so we know that it says grace and mercy covers a multitude of sins that was in first john chapter one. First john chapter one is where we want to look now before we quoted from proverbs 16 verse 6 we're in john first john chapter one. First john chapter one verses eight and nine if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A lot of people are not able to experience the grace of God because they do not want to come into the truth of God. The forgiveness and the grace of God will come to you when you are willing to stand before God in the truth of God. In the place where you can say, yes, I am a sinner. Yes, God, I have done wrong. Yes, God, I need you. When you're there in that place of confession, then the grace of God is given. But if you deny, if you hide, you will not be able to experience the grace of God. And King David knew this. This is why he could pray a prayer that he prayed. It doesn't mean that we will not we will not fall or that we will not have problems but when it happens you come before you God and you say God I have wronged I have sinned forgive me and then the grace of God comes to you but I believe the danger comes when a true believer of Yeshua starts to turn away from that grace let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Verse 15. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble, and by this many become defiled. Pursue peace with all people, with all people. And who, with who are we supposed to seek peace with? We are supposed to seek peace one with another. Many people have problems one with another. Usually they're waiting for the other party to come and make the peace. But God says, you pursue peace. You be the initiator. And he also says, pursue holiness. Pursue holiness. Do you know what that means for me? You don't just wait there for holiness to come upon you. You are running after and pursuing that holiness. 
you are searching for that holiness. And do you know what is holy? What is the holiness? It is the presence of God in your life. You are to run after, pursue the holiness, the presence of God in your life. This is why Moses said, Lord, if you do not go up with us, I do not want to go up from here. If your presence does not go up with us, I do not want to go up. I do not want to continue to pursue holiness. And he says also, just so you know that without this holiness, it says no one will be able to see the Lord. Many people say that if you do not pursue the holiness, you will not be able to enter into heaven. But I want you to, I want you to look at another side of this in this commentary. You want to see God? Here, here, while you're here on the earth, here. You have to be holy. You cannot see him without the holiness. You cannot say, God, come into my camp that is not right, my camp that is dirty. He will not come because he's holy. But he calls to you and he says to you, he invites you, come to me. Come to my presence, is what God says, and I will receive you. It says, looking carefully, lest anyone falls short of the grace of God. So this means when the grace of God is given to you, don't waste it. Don't think of it as something cheap. Don't go out of the grace of God. And he puts this into context with people that the root of bitterness has come upon them. And he says many has, have walked away because of this, this root. Do you know what this means to me? There are sometimes situations that we deal with when we are in our walk with the Lord. Sometimes disagreements. Sometimes things that we don't understand with each other. It can, be with, it can be with different people in the congregation that we've had a disagreement in our married lives. But God gives us the grace to fix what was wrong, what happened. And when you refuse the grace that is given to you, a root of bitterness starts to grow in your heart. And then all of a sudden you realize that you have carried this root of bitterness with you a year, two years, ten years. Don't make the grace of God cheap. Yes, you have, you have sinned. You have the grace of God to fix this. Don't waste it. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. If we know that we sin and we have sinned willfully, then there is a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fire in indignation which will devour the adversary. Go to verse 29. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? If we sin willfully, we have insulted the spirit of grace. The grace of God is something so dear and precious that was given to us. And when we sin, God's grace is there to pull us back and to bring us back. But there's a place sometimes that we get to that we have counted the grace of God so cheaply. When you come to that point, it is as if you are trampling the blood that Messiah has poured forth for you, you are trampling it under your foot. And in this type of situation, what kind of forgiveness will you have? In this situation, your heart is so hard. It is as it says that you have insulted or you have disgraced. You have cursed the spirit of grace. 
The grace of God is given to us through Messiah Yeshua. But in order for us to know and to experience that grace personally, I have to be in truth, to come before God in truth. When Pastor Danny was praying about this message, Pastor Danny felt that there are some people who are hiding certain things from God, things that are done in darkness, maybe things that other people around us do not see. But God says to you, he sees and he knows, and he calls you to the truth. Because there is repentance. There is forgiveness and release and freedom. And there are maybe some sitting here that you have disagreements or disturbances one with another. But God calls you to pursue peace with that same person. If it's somebody here within the congregation that you have problems with, or somebody from outside the congregation, he calls you to be the initiator for this process. The grace of God is here. Maybe there's somebody here that does not know Yeshua. Yeshua is here for you. He is here to save you. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. If you come before him and you are truthful before him, he is here to show you his grace and his salvation. Let's stand. Let's close our eyes. We don't need to look around. If there are those of you that are doing things in darkness, God is calling you to repent, to turn from that now. His, his grace is here for you. You can do it where you're sitting or you can come to the altar. But God is here to heal and to forgive and to save. of you just continue to pray for these there is joy in heaven when one repents
go to 